Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. What can you replace alcohol with when you stop drinking? Many of us search for an alternative, and in this episode, I'm going to discuss common transfer addictions that might show up when you stop drinking, like food, sugar, or cannabis. You'll learn why transfer addiction happens, how to identify if you've developed another problem or if it's not a big deal, and what to do to prevent transfer addiction from happening. So let's dig in. Welcome 
welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I am your host, Jill. And before we get started, I want to give you a little trigger warning. I'm going to talk about disordered eating and the desire to lose weight. So if those topics are triggering for you, then you might want to skip this one and come back next week. And if you are still with me, then we'll get into transfer addiction. Transfer addiction happens when you swap one thing for another, and it can include things like food, cannabis, sugar, overexercising, working too much, shopping, gambling, nicotine, sex, or porn. It can also be called cross-addiction. A lot of us will drink a bunch of coffee in recovery, and I explained why we do that in episode 112. And that's one that's not quite as harmful unless you're going to Starbucks multiple times a day. Some people will quit drinking and start or increase their smoking or vaping too. I think the best example of this are patients who get bariatric surgery for weight loss. The most common form of this surgery is a gastric bypass where a surgeon creates a small pouch that connects to your intestines. So when you eat, food bypasses your stomach and goes into this new smaller stomach. This procedure can change how you absorb alcohol. And some studies have found that about 20% of people who have had gastric bypass go on to develop alcohol use disorder in the years following the procedure. This can happen because the way their bodies process alcohol has changed, but it can also be because of transfer addiction. People who struggle with food have a reason for struggling with food. Food is doing something for them. And if they don't address what that reason is, then it's easy to just pick something else to deal with whatever problems food was helping you with. A 2019 meta-analysis, which looked at about 800 studies, found that one in five people who struggle with disordered eating will develop AUD at some point in their lives. A 2018 study in young French women found that problematic drinking was negatively associated with emotional eating and loss of control over food intake. So the more you drink, the less you use food for comfort. This study was only done in young women and plenty of men and people of all ages experience disordered eating, so that's one limit. But there are a few quotes from the study that I really liked. The first... Alcohol drinking may replace overeating as a way to cope with negative emotions, especially anxiety. And the second, excessive drinkers merely replaced excessive eating with excessive drinking to cope with distress. And this was my experience too. I started off with food and then when I began healing my relationship with food in therapy, I began drinking. I swapped one thing for another and didn't realize I did that until it was too late. So this study found that about 51% of participants were emotionally eating to cope with anxiety, 45% to cope with loneliness and sadness, and only 14% to cope with anger. Anger was my number one negative emotion that I would use external things to cope with. So I think this information is really validating. I went the other way and restricted food to cope with anger, but alcohol helped me cope with my anger way better than food ever did. If we don't address why we are doing something, then we're just going to find another substance or self-destructive behavior to take its place. I told myself that I was restricting food because I wanted to be thin and sure, 
that was my desire. But really, I was restricting food because I didn't know how to cope with negative emotions, especially anger. And my feelings were so overwhelming that I couldn't stand it. My emotions made me feel very out of control. So I took control of food instead. Some people will stop drinking or try to drink less, but take edibles or start smoking weed. And I understand the thought process. Alcohol has a ton of consequences and it's terrible for us. Weed seems like a lesser evil, but something we can still use for our desired outcome. But studies have found that teen and young adult cannabis use is linked to an increased risk of developing a problem with alcohol later on in life. And combining alcohol and cannabis is linked to more negative consequences than just alcohol by itself. A 2005 study on cannabis use after leaving treatment found that the participants who used cannabis after treatment were more likely to relapse and more likely to go back and forth several times between drinking and not drinking. And a 2014 study found that any cannabis use at all reduced the odds of staying sober from alcohol by 27%. The research is mixed though. And there are some studies on medical cannabis patients that have found that cannabis can be substituted for alcohol and reduce drinking. But it's tough to use medical marijuana patients as an example because they may reduce their drinking for other reasons, like whatever medical issue they're struggling with. And medical marijuana patients are not a good representative of people with alcohol use disorder. People with AUD have a very different experience than the average person trying to reduce their drinking. A 2018 study on people who used cannabis during treatment for AUD found that each additional day of cannabis use was associated with four or five fewer days of abstinence from alcohol. The researchers suggest that if your ultimate goal is abstinence, then it's best to avoid all drugs, including cannabis. They determined that cannabis use was a significant predictor of alcohol use. And other studies have found the same, that cannabis use reduced the odds of successfully staying sober. And the issue with this is not necessarily the cannabis itself, but it's replacing alcohol with something else. So then you're not dealing with why you drank. You're still trying to take a shortcut by using something else external to control your mood. And sure, there are some people who can casually use cannabis, and you do you, I'm not judging you. But if you just replace alcohol with another substance or a behavior, then you're preventing yourself from learning the skills that you need to learn in sobriety. A lot of people ask what they can replace alcohol with, and in my opinion, the answer is nothing. Nothing healthy is going to do for you what alcohol was doing. We need to learn how to tolerate discomfort, stress, and negative emotions without turning to something else for comfort. And this is what doing the work is all about. And obviously, we can't all be perfect. I turned to sugar and takeout in sobriety, and it didn't prevent me from doing the work. It was more like an unhealthy crutch that wasn't necessary. 
If you find yourself turning to something else after not drinking, then you need to ask yourself how much it's impacting your quality of life. Because in sobriety, we need to work on the reasons why we drank and we need to learn life skills. We didn't just drink a bunch of alcohol all the time just because. We were drinking it because we didn't know how to cope or we didn't know how to tolerate boredom or we didn't know how to feel comfortable in social situations or deal with the discomfort in the beginning on our own. So for me, sugar and takeout weren't ideal, but it really wasn't having negative consequences, which is why it was so easy for me to do. I think a lot of us say, well, at least it's not alcohol. And while that's true, there has to be a limit somewhere. We can't do unhealthy stuff forever just because it's not as bad as alcohol. Less bad doesn't make it good. So doing the work is all about understanding why you drink. Initially, I thought that I was drinking to have fun, and I was, but there was a lot more behind it. I drank for any reason, but mostly drinking helped me control my emotions because they were too overwhelming. So ask yourself, what was alcohol doing for you? If you've switched over to food, cannabis, or shopping, or something else, then ask yourself, what is that doing for you? I get a lot of takeout, and I told myself I'd do it because it's easy and I don't want to cook. But what's behind that is the real reason. The real reason is that takeout adds excitement and chaos to my life. I feel excited when my husband agrees and when we place the order. And it's chaotic because you never know if it'll be late or the food will be terrible. And then there's even more chaos because you feel disappointed in yourself after for not cooking again. And the same story with sugar. I'm looking to add some excitement and chaos into my life. So I'm trying to enhance. Transfer addiction is using another substance or behavior to compensate for the discomfort that you feel when you try to stop drinking. We have to learn to deal with discomfort. It's just a normal part of life. You can't feel amazing all the time. So if you notice that you've been turning to food, sugar, nicotine, cannabis, shopping, or something else to cope, then it may be time to evaluate that. I think working on your expectations on how you're supposed to feel all the time can be helpful and working on your mindset around replacing alcohol. In my opinion, alcohol can't be replaced with anything good or neutral. I remember when I was first trying to drink less or stop, and people would recommend drinking sparkling water in a fancy glass or replace my nightly alcohol with tea. And even saying that suggestion makes me want to throw up. Sparkling water and tea are useless when you're looking to immediately change the way that you feel, cope with stress, depression, or anxiety instantly create fun or connection, or numb out and avoid your problems. So try to think of it that way. Nothing healthy is going to do for you what alcohol is doing. We can't just remove alcohol and continue on with our lives. We have to change our perspective and develop some coping skills. And switching to something that's less bad to get similar instant gratification is not going to help you out. And maybe it's not as bad as alcohol, but it's bad enough that it's preventing you from learning the coping skills and life skills that you need to be successful in sobriety. Yeah, crutches are okay and sometimes we need to lean on something for a bit, but if you're replacing alcohol with another substance or behavior, it could be impacting your growth. 
and your ability to really be sober. So take a look at the other things that you have picked up when you stop drinking or if you're trying to stop drinking and you see yourself switching over to something else, be mindful about it. Talking to a therapist could be a great idea. And if you're looking for support, instead of cannabis or shopping or sugar or takeout, you can come hang out with us inside living a sober-powered life and connect with a community that gets it. More information is in the show notes, and I will talk to you next week. Madeline and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety and lots of how-to for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.